Is it okay to book more days than you plan to use at a campground? What are some of the best campgrounds in the country to view the night sky? And our trip to Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean, dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just right layers perfect for changing weather, to sun smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays. Every L.L. Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit LLBean.com to shop now. L.L. Bean, be an outsider. Welcome to episode 191 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We are coming to you from our very last night in the Gatlinburg, Tennessee area, the gateway to the Smoky Mountains. We've had such a great time here visiting the Smoky Mountains and Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg and doing all the touristy stuff and all that. All the kitschy things. (laughs) All the kitschy things. And a little bit of finding ways to get away from the kitschy things and like finding the secret entrances to the park and stuff. We're going to bring all that to you later on on another episode where we actually talk about this <laughs> this trip here. But this this week, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we've got some interesting things that have come up that I, that I thought that you might like to know about. And then we're going to talk about our, our week-long stint in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which was a, a lovely place as well. It was very active weather-wise. <laughs> it, was, it was active weather. <laughs> the whole area in, in, in the whole south... Uh, uh, has been very active weather-wise. A friend of ours in the RV Miles Facebook group shared a photo of sad damage to their rig in, in uh, Gulf Shores. They had hail. They showed a photo. It had uh, the, the hail was like took the whole palm of their hand. Yeah, they were at Gulf State Park. In fact, once again, Alabama just got slammed. This time it was more in the Mobile and, like you said, the Gulf State Park area. So if you were one of those individuals we're just really, really sorry you got stuck in that, and hopefully you came out of it okay and safe. We're uh, right here. Where you, if you're watching on YouTube, you see us in the Greenbrier Campground, which is sort of on the east end of of Gatlinburg. And there are a lot of bumblebees here, the- and there's one that's really excited that we're recording right now, and it's zooming around us <laughs> and around the camera. So. You might see a little friend if you're watching, and you might hear me shriek if you're listening and a bumblebee oh, they're attacks harmless. me. They are. They're huge, though. They're very huge. They're here. very big. But the sights are a little <laughs> tight here, so if you also hear people or cars driving by, mm-hmm. that's why. But I wanted to start with uh, something that, uh, a question that came up that I saw in a Facebook group that uh, you, this person was really trying to ask the question, do the right thing, and, and get opinions on this and understand um what others feel about it. And I, and lots of people have different feelings about this. So I'm not saying that there, there's one right way or wrong, but the question is when you book a campground, is it okay? I believe uncouth was the word they used. Is it uncouth to book more nights than you intend to use? So say you're doing a big cross country trip 
and you're trying to leave a little bit of flexibility in case you're late or early or whatever, maybe you book an extra day or two in the beginning of your stay, an extra day or two at the end of, of different campgrounds that you might arrive at. And there are a lot of opinions on that for sure. But I guess what struck me about it so much is, gosh, that's, that's the big problem that a lot of us are dealing with right now is that everyone is doing that. And, and to a bigger extent than, th than this person was talking about, a lot of people are booking two weeks when they intend to use a weekend, right? Yeah. Or they're booking multiple weekends throughout the year, not sure if they're going to use them all. And then as they get towards that weekend, they're, they're dumping it. Um, you know, I, I go back and forth because no, I would appreciate it if you wouldn't do that. I would appreciate it if you just book the days that you need. Um, but I also understand that sometimes life and travel happen and having that flexibility could be really comforting if this is the one and only vacation you take that year. So, uh, I love that they used the word uncouth. I just think that's a fantastic word, but I, I'm a little torn. I think, you know, do it once, maybe. Okay. But if you're doing it every single trip you book and you're booking multiple trips for the year, all the way out the year, just maybe kind of consider other RVers who could use those two nights on the front end or the two nights on the back end. Yeah, I, I, part of it is the fact that campgrounds are so booked now. Yeah. That, yeah. that that if if they weren't if they weren't sold out it it wouldn't really matter that much right yeah but uh, the, some of the responses were like it's my money if I book two weeks which I often do and use four days and then I leave for a week and then come back that's my site and well, I mean yes technically yeah but it's I mean it's kind of rude it, yes <laughs> I mean my my response to that would be then maybe you should consider getting a seasonal. Yeah, because then you can come and go as you please and you know that you have that site for the entire season. Maybe that's a better option. Maybe that's the middle ground for those who want to book and say it's mine and I can come and go as I please. What I find interesting, though, is that school of thought. And again, I guess all campgrounds are different. Every campground we have ever encountered, as far as I know, has always said, do not leave your rig. You cannot leave yes. your rig unattended for 24 hours. You can't pay for a site and then leave. If you don't show up and check in, well, you, vo someone else. Yeah. Yeah, you void it, you lose your deposit or however much is it says in their cancellation policy, and they're going to book that site to someone else. Yeah. So I'm not sure where these individuals are camping. I've never known a campground to be like, oh, you booked two weeks, but you're going to come in for three and then leave and then you're going to come in again. It's a, it's a difficult uh, rule to enforce, I think, is the problem. Yes. Is they don't notice it and that sort of stuff. That is true. Like if you're leaving it parked there and then you go off, they're, they're not standing there being like, oh, okay, well, Jason left at 9 a.m. He better be back by, you know, whatever time. I know they're not doing that. I think that's an honor system kind of thing, but you know, that's my issue with it is that, you know, you're, you don't need the space. If you're going to go home, take your RV with you and, and come back. But, you know, I, I do see in, it, it's a gray area. It's a, it's a gray tank. Uh, there, it, it, that's the thing is that this, that what this person is suggesting didn't bother me too much, but the extreme of it is what bothers me when, because you know, some people will go and they'll, you know, say they have a, a nice Army Corps of Engineers campground 
near them, you know, within an hour drive or so. And they, they've got that senior pass rate, which is great. They mm-hmm. get that half off for senior. So, so they might book every weekend for 10 weeks. They'll book two nights and that's going to cost them what? 300 bucks Maybe. for a, to book 10 weekends, basically the whole summer of camping. And then they can go and then then they can decide later on which ones they're going to use and they can cancel those and they can, you know, maybe pay a very small like four dollar cancellation. No, it's fee, 10. It's $10 a ten dollar cancellation, cancellation or they can fee. move the dates, that sort of stuff. And and sometimes they forget to cancel or sometimes they don't, you know, they cancel at the last minute. So a lot of us have seen if you're a heavy camper, you've seen campgrounds that you you thought you got like the last site at and then you arrive and it's it's at least a third empty. That's kind of what I think happens a lot of the time. Yeah. I was texting with a friend the other day and I said, I feel like I'm hemorrhaging money right now because our travels shifted. And so I had to start relooking at some places we needed to go and everything's booked except for the super premium site at the one campground with the one spot left. And those super premium sites are super premium expensive. Yep. And I said to her, I, I'm just, I'm hemorrhaging money. I, but I don't have a choice. This is A, on us because we had to switch things up. But I know if I waited probably 24 hours before we wanted to arrive, I probably wouldn't have to pay that premium site. I'm sure sites would get dumped. And yet at the same time, I can't risk that. I can't risk that, you know, that we wouldn't have somewhere to go because what is the plan B in a year where there doesn't feel like there's a lot of plan B's. So it's, it's odd. We're here during spring break. This is premium camping season. And this place was booked solid the entire week that we have been here. It's emptied out today because everyone is heading home. School starts back up, you know, on Monday. Yeah, we're recording here on Sunday afternoon. Saturday. I mean, sorry. But that's okay. (laughs) Who knows what day it is Saturday afternoon. (laughs) We have Uh, to travel tomorrow, so let's not record (laughs) on our travel day. Um, But, yeah, it's emptied out because everyone's headed back. So, you know, think about the, those things when you do them. If you're going to do them, it seemed like a lot of people in this comment thread buy no problem with it and, and do it. But think about the fact that there are a lot of people trying to book sites. And if you are trying to book sites, realize that cancellations do happen quite often. I know that doesn't help anybody no. that's trying to travel cross country, but cancellations are very, very common, especially at state and federal parks. I just think things would be a little bit easier for all of us if sometimes when we thought about ourselves, we thought about the impact of what we do for ourselves on the impact of others. Yeah. Well, and, you know, sometimes you feel like, well, everyone's doing it, and am I making a difference? And but yes, you are. If you, if you, well, yes, you are. If you are the one that, you know, like the cranberries said, everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? <laughs> Anyone who I that is such a throwback album reference. Don't need I, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> no, no, nobody cares about your cranberry. Don't ah! say that. They I were, don't care about I, lo- I know you don't, but I the, loved the, them. The sound coming out of that don't, band is hey, the most do not, do, grating. What are you talking about? Their first <sighs> one, two, like three albums. Their their first two albums were it. spectacular. I can't, I can't and she was one song. She was a life taken too soon, and I absolutely love their music the end good for you i know wow 
<laughs> we listened to the entire Prime Country channel yesterday in the car, so you need to back off my music, <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is that this is the end uh, of International Dark Sky Week, but that's not something you have to celebrate during We wouldn't have known. <laughs> We're week. definitely not in an international no. dark sky uh, area. But if you do want to visit some dark sky places across the country, uh, we've we've absolutely loved that experience when we've been able to do it. I mean, places where there's no light, yeah. right? Amazing. And you can just see the Milky Way with the naked eye. Our friends over at Togo RV, we talk about them a lot. It's a great app. Um, it's a great service, but they also have a whole lot of articles on their website that are free for anyone. They're really, really well put together articles. They're not some of these. Have you noticed that a lot of the blog posts lately are like, they, oh. they make the text giant and they're like, five sentences long and it's all search engine optimization yeah they're just cranking out the content oh to gosh. crank out the contents which is frustrating because you don't glean anything from it yeah so they're they're producing a lot of content over at togo but they're actually producing content that's useful yeah and look at this, I mean, this post, look at this post i'm looking at there's I not know. a single ad on it we could learn a thing or two from them <laughs> in our attempt. We are trying so hard to produce more content on RVMiles.com, but we're just two people. We need a writer. We need somebody else. Anyway, they have an article out that is the best RV campgrounds near dark sky destinations. So I thought we, I'll put a link to this in the description in the show notes, but I thought we could share a couple of these because we've actually been to a couple yeah. of these areas. And the first one is the Boundary Waters Canoe Area wilderness up in minnesota now love that place we have we have stayed more towards voyagers national yeah. park which is up in in the same quadrant yes and, and you can actually section get of. views of the the aurora borealis up there the northern yeah. lights that's pretty cool we, we weren't able to <laughs> it didn't happen that time of the year when we no. were there but but you can get the northern <laughs> lights up there they suggested the canoe country outfitters campground located near the eastern boundary waters getaway another one is one we've stayed at which is the great sand dunes oasis which is immediately outside of great sand dunes national park it like like it's at the border it's, of the national park it is the most no frills cram them in <laughs> type campsite but what you get visually makes it all worth it and then not far from there is some boondocking yeah which we also, that is to me that boondocking spot that we went to. That was the stargazing of my dreams. And there's hardly anything else around there. There's the national park, there's this great sand dunes mm-hmm. oasis campground, and hardly anything oh, else. No. There's a few the little. Walmart was only 20 minute drive. No, 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 no. I mean, it, within your view. Oh, yeah. When, when you're there. And the campsites in Great Sand Dunes Oasis are all pointed towards this grand vista of the national park it's pretty impressive i just remember being amazed that you could boondock have stargazing and place a walmart order and go get it (laughs) like that was amazing (laughs) we talked about this on a previous episode that would have come out sometime around summer 2020 i do not remember what number it is but i will drop it in the description if anyone wants to go back and learn more information about it another one is bell campground in joshua tree national park and we haven't been able to experience Joshua Tree at night, but we've experienced Joshua Tree. And it's such a great escape for people in, in you know, the, the bright lights of Southern California and Los Angeles, the whole Los Angeles area. And, and you can get out there and it's just a whole different landscape 
that feels like you're miles and miles and miles away from anything. Yeah, and I mean, I know that the Palm Springs KOA could be an option, too, for that area. We've stayed in that campground, and, you know, we have been through Joshua Tree. It was not the best experience at the time because we were dealing with the bus. But one of these days, I would love to go back. I don't know, though, if Bell can do rigs over a certain there are a lot of campgrounds in, in Joshua Tree. In Joshua Tree. There, a few of them can do large, uh, large rigs, but yeah. most it's, of them have no it's services. No hook, yeah, it's no hookups. There's no service in the park. So that's why if those are things that are really important, especially if you're working from the road, that Palm Springs, Joshua Tree, KOA could be a nice alternative for you. But these are all Dark Sky certified destinations, and uh, you can check it out over on Togo RV. Again, we'll link to it in the description. The article's by Stephanie Vermillion. Uh, nice and, article, uh, yeah, Stephanie. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Chattanooga, Tennessee. Choo-choo. Be right back. Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV. And the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector, made by Hughes Autoformers, beats the competition with field-replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small, affordable part you can replace yourself. It's the last surge protector you need to buy. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoformers.com. Outdoor enthusiasts of all stripes will enjoy Pelican gear on their adventures. Hard-sided Pelican Elite coolers are all made in America and are available in a wide number of sizes. Get a 20-quart for short day trips, a 50-quart for week-long adventures, or a wheeled 45-quart to keep the fun rolling along. Pelican backs all their hard-sided coolers with a lifetime warranty, too. RV Miles listeners can get a free DayVenture tumbler when they visit EliteCooler.com slash RVMiles and spend over $100. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. Decapitate me. <laughs> he grew some. <laughs> Decapitate me, and all becomes equal. Then truncate me, and I become second. Cut me front and back, and I become two less than I started. What am I? And the word is seven. If you decapitate seven, it becomes even, which is equal, synonym. If you truncate it, it becomes Eve, which in the Bible is the second person. And if you cut it front and back, it becomes two less than it started. It becomes V. You get rid of the letters in the front and the back. You just get V, which is the Roman numeral five, which is two less than seven. And this is a brain teaser that nobody <laughs> ever was going to get, was it? It's like, a little too. Uh... <laughs> do you all hear what I live with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you love this brain teaser too. You love it. <laughs> All right, it's time to talk about our journey into Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga is a cool place because it's just it's on major routes uh, across the South, mm -hmm. and it, it's near several states. You know, it's in the it's in the southern southeastern corner of Tennessee, and then you've got Alabama and Georgia right there. It's all very convenient to that that whole area, and. Uh, and we've passed through several times in the past, but never stayed or we boondocked a night uh, at a Cracker Barrel or something like that. But this time we got to actually stay and experience a bit of, of Chattanooga. A week is a week, sometimes a short amount of time for us because we're working yeah. and we don't 
always have a ton of time to do things, but we did get to do a few fun things. We did. I would have liked to have stayed longer. We stayed at, I think let's start though, if you don't mind, with the campground we mm-hmm. stayed at because we were really enchanted with this campground. It's the Chester Frost Park Campground. Which it's a is, county park. It's a county park. And it just had this, you know, you're going to be packed in. Let me be frank about that. You know, you're not going to have a big wide open space. But while we were there, again, it was very evident that camping season was starting for so many. And there was just this really wonderful community vibe. And also, it still felt really tucked back and away from town. It's just on the outskirts of Chattanooga. And our site, there's water and electric, no sewer, but there's plenty of dump stations. Our site had this nice little, just like little grassy area right above it, a hill that looked out onto the Frisbee Golf area. Frisbee Golf is very, very popular there. Like there yeah, were that we, very we always see Frisbee Golf courses at county and, and state parks. And no one's ever using them. No one's them. using them. This one was used constantly. And they had gear that was like, this is not my first time playing No, I mean, they're frisbee carrying golf bags full of yes. frisbees. So frisbee golf was a big deal. And then there's a pavilion. There's playgrounds. There's rangers on site. You're right there on a dammed lake. Tons of fishing. There's docks that go out. People have their boats out. It feels very much like a community campground. And yet at the same time, absolutely a campground I would pick for my vacation. Yeah, you know, sometimes you worry about the sites being too close to each other and all that. And the, the sites were they're not terribly close no, to each other. Not it terribly. don't really sound like that. But this park is it's massive. It's a yeah. huge, huge park. And the campsites are kind of tucked in together in a few different areas. So even though the campsites are, you know, fairly close together in a, a few different areas, once you step out of your loop there's just space and space and space. There's yeah. all kinds of walking trails and and a lot of stuff to do within this campground itself. So it 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 just feels like a great place. And I feel like a lot of people it, we're guilty of this as well. You you know, you start looking at federal parks and then you look at like you go to the state park website in an area and find a park and yeah. or then you go to the private parks and you forget about county and city run parks. And uh, and I think that's an easy way to miss places like this because yeah. there are a lot of them out there. Some of our favorite parks have been county and city parks. And I would say to you just, you know, I feel like this is in regards to space and we'll move off on the space. But it's in between being crammed in like you would be at a private campground and having sort of like the open space you would find at a state or, you know, federal campground. It's kind of just like right there in the middle of those two. Yeah. So, you know, it's $30 a night for a non-county residents. Absolutely worth it. But I think the most charming part about all of this is that our site looked out across the field towards the pavilion. And our very last day there, after we had just had 24 hours of unending thunderstorms. Are we going to a hotel? Are we not going to a hotel? Are we going to suffer tornadoes? Are, you know, wind advisories, et cetera, et cetera. A professional, these were professional musicians, bluegrass players show up for what is clearly just a Sunday afternoon jam session over at this pavilion. We're talking violin, guitar, banjo, keyboard, and they just jam for like three hours and they play just an eclectic like 
grouping of music, and it's floating towards the RV. And there's probably 20 singers, too. Oh, yeah. I, harmonies. The harmonies. There was a female who was knocking out some harmonies. I think she was just making them up on the fly, and I was so impressed. And we just, I, we just sat there. I sat on my front steps and enjoyed the music. And at one point, I kind of, I started crying because it struck me that this was the first time I had heard live music in over a year. And all these things kind of hit me like how much I miss live music, how much I miss theater, and how the idea of going an entire year without live art was inconceivable to me before 2020. And I just looked at you and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. I forgot what this sounds like. Yeah. It was really special. I don't know if they do that every Sunday. We've been to a lot of campgrounds where like there's just these random music group jam sessions that happen on the weekend. And that's always fun. That's why our campground will have something (laughs) like that because it's so special. And and I know that so many people in the campground enjoyed it. So great park if you want to go to Chattanooga, Chester Frost. All right. So we we did eat at one place that we want to talk about, which was called Choo Choo Barbecue. (laughs) Because how could you not eat at a barbecue place? And it must be Choo Choo. And what's great about this place is I think it's the closest barbecue place to this campground. Yes. And and it it was it was very good. We're really enjoying you know, people get all hung up on the, which state has the best barbecue. And we're really Kansas enjoying City. trying the barbecue, knowing that Kansas City is the best. <laughs> knowing. Trying it's not the barbecue even a state. in every state. Here's <laughs> what I find so funny is that we always talk about what is the best state. No right. one says Missouri has the best. No, because no. St. Louis is the worst. Of course. Sorry to all you St. Louis No, people. I'm not. Sorry, but, not sorry. But it is. Um, sorry. As a Kansas Citian, I can't say I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good. We're going to hear about that. <laughs> That's going to go over well. I still love you all. And you have, we've had great family vacations in St. Louis. Um, but it's so funny to me. It's like Tennessee, Texas. North Carolina, Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) So this was a great little barbecue place. I had beef brisket nachos. They were the jam. They were so good. The the traditional barbecue. Yeah, look, as as you do. You know, anytime someone wants to switch up barbecue a little bit on me, I'm I'm here for it. I will try it. (laughs) Uh, All right. So then the big thing that we actually did in, in Chattanooga was... Was the the two trips I took to Target? Is that where you were going with that? <laughs> no. Where I was gone for like three were and a half hours each time. time. No. <laughs> what the the big thing we did was visit Lookout Mountain, which is somebody oh, people yes. have been telling us forever. You have to go to Lookout Mountain, and we've been like, eh. we we never we just never what? did it. We just we didn't know what it was. Never did it. I don't understand that because I don't think I'd ever heard the words Lookout Mountain. Okay, people have been telling okay. me that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Lookout Mountain is it feels a little bit like Pike's Peak in a way. Not that it's um it's nothing near like that type of drive. Oh no, you're um, not going that high. But it has a it has a uh a an inclined railway tram mm-hmm. that you can take to the top if if you'd like. And not then doing that. there are different attractions on on the mountain. So we visited Point Park, which is a National Park Service site uh, commemorating um, the Civil War battles in in the area and on Lookout Mountain. And let's be honest, we were so not prepared for no. any of this. We just went for a drive, and we get up there, and I'm like, "Is that a national park service? <laughs> what? Where are we? What's happening?" But and- what's nice is that you know, if you have your <laughs> annual pass, you can get into that for free, and you get 
the views of from Lookout Mountain, and they're beautiful. they're stellar views yeah. of downtown Chattanooga. And then they say on a clear day that you can see Forever. seven states up there. Seven states. Oh, only seven states, huh? That's a lot. That of is states. a lot. No. <laughs> I'm not uh, saying it's not. That's a ton of states to be able to see. But also on Lookout Mountain, there's Ruby Falls, which is an indoor waterfall that I don't quite understand. But we it's didn't. It's underground. Visit. But I. <laughs> and it's. I think it's a World Heritage site. But can I tell you? This is the oh. thing. So we're, <laughs> you're driving. You're, you're heading. You're heading on your way up Lookout Mountain. You're on this drive up up the mountain. And there's a town up there. Actually, it's. I mean, whole neighborhood up there. It, people so live cool. right yeah. next to the National Park Service uh, site. But on your way up, you're you're passing Ruby Falls, and. There's somebody, they have somebody set out in the middle of the road with a orange vest on, waving you into the parking area. And you feel like a, they're an official person telling you where you're supposed to go. Jason. No. Jason, hook, line, and sinker. I fell right. for it right in. And, and they're just trying to get you to go to Ruby Falls. Yeah, that's all they're you doing. You just keep going on past and you get to the other stuff. It, Jason was so mad and it's so funny because there's very little that ruffles Jason's feathers this ruffled the man's feathers he's like how dare you bring me into here I don't even want to come to this place I, how I, do I get it out made of here me not, it literally made me not want to go <laughs> back to it I'm sure it's wonderful then also at the top of the mountain is Rock City which is a, a, a geological garden and we didn't visit that mm -hmm. either because we were being cheap that day. We we're just like, we're gonna, we're going to do the free stuff. We, we're doing a drive. We're gonna get the views of the mountain. Spent all our money it. at Choo Choo BBQ. But if Couldn't you, do but more. if you want, you could easily spend a couple days on Lookout Mountain just well, doing sure. those few different things. Yeah. It's a vacation destination for sure. And then the final thing that we got to do in the Chattanooga area was visit the Bluff View uh, Arts District. Or art. They do not district. put an S on it's that. Bluff View yeah. Art District. It's Bluff View Art District. Which is a beautiful neighborhood that's kind of, as you would think, uh, up on a bluff. And it is a kind of a historic older neighborhood. And you can walk around and see all the historic houses. There's a big art museum there. And we went to visit a, a cool coffee shop. We specifically went for coffee. <laughs> we, we, we may have not been able to go to Rock City, but you better believe I left something in the budget for some coffee. So we went to Rembrandt coffee house which has an incredible pastry selection. yeah this is way more than a coffee shop yeah this is like a, a bakery pastry candy maker type place yeah and then they have this just huge oh their truffles um, are incredible they have They're this beautiful. huge outdoor garden, garden area where you can sit out and eat and yeah and just kind of watch people and all that sort of stuff and they had gluten-free options so i appreciated that that lemon bar was so delicious oh and that was gluten-free that, that was, was really wasn't good, that good? Wow. it was so good and i also had a cappuccino which was delicious that so that's about all we got to do in in the time we were there that's literally that's what we can manage in a week in a as week. a full-time family working from the road but uh, there's other things close by. There's 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 the Chickamauga uh, historic national historic site, which is supposed to be spectacular. That we really should have went to. We should have gone there. Um, there's you're not too far from Lynchburg to visit the Jack Daniels Distillery, which we did a great See America episode on that you ought to listen to. That I the story of how Jack Daniels is made 
just makes me want to drink Jack Daniels <laughs> all the time. <laughs> well, great, good. I wish that we could have figured out a way for you to have a yeah. day to go there. I really wanted you to go there, but it just it didn't work out. And those storms really just sort of derailed it. one of our travel vacation days. But there are actually lots of distilleries in the area. So oh, you can yeah. do some of the, the, the distillery tours. You can There are distillery road trips in the yeah. area that you can do as well. Yes. So that's our visit to Chattanooga, Tennessee. We look forward to getting back there someday uh, because it, it does really seem like a place where we could spend a serious amount of time in. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have our Fresh Tank Black Tank segment and the new brain teaser. Be right back. As an RVer, you know how important it is to have quality RV roadside assistance on your side, like CoachNet. Imagine driving down a major highway and hearing an explosion. Immediate panic sets in as you realize you just had a high-speed blowout. Your nerves are shot, you're stressed, scared, and now stranded. When you have CoachNet, the first thing they ask when calling is, are you in a safe location? Showing a level of care that immediately puts you at ease. They send out a tow truck suited for your RV and tow you to a repair shop where you can catch your breath and finally relax. CoachNet has over 30 years of RV industry expertise, and their mission is to ensure that you enjoy a carefree RVing experience by getting you back on the road for making memories with your family and friends. For more information about CoachNet memberships, visit welcome.coachnet.com slash RV miles. All right, it is now time to check the level of our tanks. Abby, what is in your black tank this week? So my black tank actually just came about this morning, and one of our fellow campers, they were loading up, getting ready to head out, and we noticed that the truck that they were pulling this RV with was basically dragging the ground in the back. I, I can't imagine, like, they go over any sort of, you know, any sort of small hill entranceway, anything like that, that that, that hitch isn't scraping the ground. And this is not a black tank towards this RV no. owner. They were clearly new RV owners as well. It was very obvious that they were, this was probably their maiden voyage. My black tank goes to dealers who allow people to leave their lot with an RV that is clearly not suited for the truck that they're going to pull it with. This was a 150 that they had this travel trailer on that cannot handle this particular model that it was pulling. And I am really, really tired of RV dealerships putting the sale in front of the safety of the buyer. And this you know, has to stop. A lot of people will say that, that you know, it's on the customer to know better. But you know what? Our dealer, our dealer said to us, now you got a big truck to tow this with. Like, you're not going to come in here with an F-150, are you? I will say, yes, you are right. It is also on the owner. But it is on the dealer just as much as it is yeah. on the owner. You are the one showing those people these RVs. They tell you, this is what I can pull. And then they look to you, the expert, to show them what is possible. We have seen episodes of Go RVing where we have been like, hold up. That can't pull what you are showing them right now. Like, yeah. That's not possible. And so there is this disconnect. And, and, and I think that's all made up, which it is. But, it is. But, but still, but it's that a also happens in real life. Right. But it's a narrative. Yeah. It's creating a narrative. Where it's like, oh, look, this dealer knows what they're talking about. They are an expert. There's, they sell they're RVs. They're supposed to guide you on this purchase. And yes, you 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 have to take what dealers say with a grain of salt. But the better dealers do this right, and they do guide you on this purchase, and they help you figure out what truck you need, and they help you know that 
just because the truck says it can tow 12,000 pounds doesn't mean that you should buy an RV that weighs 11,670 pounds. So I guess but my point is, is why should I have to take that with a grain of salt? How is this any different than like, let's say we have a student that walks into a musical theater class that I'm teaching where they have now paid thousands of dollars to come to this school and I am well, going to I am going to teach them a particular method about this art form. Because they, because that they are because, looking to me as an expert. They, because you've already got their money and the dealership hasn't got your money. I mean you're but you're absolutely right. They're you, looking you sh- they came to the school because yes. they considered me knowledgeable. They considered the right. school knowledgeable that they would put that money forward and then what they're gonna sit there. Could you imagine if you had you were working with someone and everything you said in your particular role, they were like, Mm-mm, that's wrong. I don't believe but that. The, but yes, I mean, that sh- you shouldn't have to do that. But obviously, customers do have to be diligent with dealers because we know dealers do this kind of stuff. But my point is, is that they shouldn't. No, of course. They have to stop. This has to stop. This family is traveling a, a very far distance back. And, you know, I... I I'm, I worry about and that. We're in the I, mountains here in, I, in Tennessee, and there are worse mountains out there. I feel bad for them because, you know, they deserve a, a safe trip. And, you know, I I, I just feel bad. I You know, if they went in and they didn't know anything and they trusted the dealer to guide them and they left with something that, you know, is going to potentially do harm to their automobile, I, I feel bad for them. And, you know, I just hope that this is... Maybe for anyone who's thinking of purchasing one, you know, as Jason said, take what your dealer says with a grain of salt and please do as much homework as you can on your own because sometimes there are some dealerships, not all dealerships, this isn't a blanket statement, but there are some dealerships where what's more important to them is the sale than your safety. Absolutely. All right. What's in your fresh tank? Okay. So my fresh tank is a complete 180, (laughs) but we... Uh, we went out to eat last night and we were treated to live music again. Second time we've had live music. and Yeah, it was fantastic. This woman, she was amazing. Okay, so she's just sitting up there. It's like 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, it's, so it's 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> On a Friday. She starts her set. She plugs in her phone. So she's going to have some karaoke background, but she's got her keyboard. She's wearing this bright rainbow shirt and I mean she is she looks like she is about to take the stage in Vegas she looks fantastic she's got glitter glittered eyelids I am like so ready for this woman and she plays everything but what you would have expected her to play okay these are the three songs in her set list just in order that she threw out at us (laughs) kiss red hot chili peppers Paul Simon. She did those all three in a row. Back to back. Back to back with her keyboard. And she was doing everything like in a lower key. So she breaks out like, of course she breaks out some Dolly Parton. But she's just like, Jolene. She's just every song. Nonchalant. I want to rock and roll all night. She's like, oh. Just getting through it. Yeah. You know, oh, here's some Mumford and Sons. It's (laughs) totally normal for me to be playing Mumford and Sons right now. (laughs) Like, and so someone, so it's 4.45 in the afternoon. Someone goes up and drops some money in the tip chart. She's like, what do you guys want to hear? Of course, naturally, it's 445. Who doesn't want to hear Sweet Caroline? 
So the, you know, that's like, our third song. You don't request "Sweet Caroline" as somebody's third song in the afternoon, but but they didn't. She was like, "You're going to sing it with me, right?" Yeah, she literally was like, "You're going to have to participate in this." And but she 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 did, did it. it. She did it. I don't know if there's what is not in her she, repertoire. She did <laughs> so good. She did. Can you feel the love tonight from the Lion King? All right. She did everything. That is how she started her set. Was like. Oh, by the way, here's some Elton John. And I just was, I just, I mean, I was full on. Woo! Every time a song ended. And I never knew it was going to be coming next. It was so good. I just hope that the next time I come in this area, that this woman whose name I did not get, I 100% will go back and watch her set again. Loved it. All right. What is in your black tank this week? You know, there's been a lot of talk lately about different public lands closing down to camping because they can't deal with the mess or people using them too long and all that sort of stuff. And our friend Damian Ross, who also has the Rootless Living podcast, you should check out in the Rootless Living magazine, posted something uh, on social media the other day that really got me thinking that it was really about how so many RVers out there that are camping on public lands are actually picking up a lot of garbage Mm -hmm. and picking up a lot of garbage from the day use users. Now I don't want to, you know, build like a, a day use against uh, overnight type people, but there's this narrative out there that the more RVers that are on some of these public lands, the more mess there is. And I got to say most of the stuff that we see out there, most of the garbage that we see out there is somebody, you know, somebody visiting the beach for the afternoon and they just leave stuff behind. Yeah. I think it's, you know, unless you stand there and watch every single piece of trash thrown down and get, you know, written record of who did that, how do you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, you can share your own experience and, you know, Damien's right. Like, you know, a lot of times we'll go places and we clean up the area that we're in. I bet a lot of day users do that too. I bet a lot of backpackers do that. You know, again, we continue to spin narratives that we like, we like to blame certain types of people. Yeah. Like we feel better when we can say, oh, it's not me. Yeah, and we so, shove somebody into a box. Exactly. I don't want to blame the day users, but I, I do this, this idea that RVers are leaving all the trash is, I think it, it it's, it's, it, it's doing exactly that. It's narrow-minded. It's specific. And, and a lot of us are out there cleaning stuff and a lot of us are cleaning up stuff. You know, there's like teenagers drinking and throwing beer bottles and stuff. Teenagers do. And, and I, I didn't. Are you that kind of teenager? I, I did not do that. Because but, I can't but imagine. But it is something See, that happens. Do you think, do you, do you imagine Jack? No, but, but it's something <laughs> I'm just saying, that, I know. I'm just it teasing. It happens. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blaming anyone specific. No. I'm just saying that there, there, but there is this idea. And I think that, my, I guess my point here is that us RVers can help, you know, we, if we continue to do that stuff, we continue to clean up stuff. Let's help perpetuate the idea that that we're actually out there improving public lands and yeah. and maybe there will be fewer issues with public lands closing down because there's a problem. You know, when it, we, I, I put in a news video recently uh, or it was also on the news podcast about BLM areas closing down Bureau of Land Management outside of the Reno, Nevada area. And a lot of the comments were about how that's just it's just lazy that the Bureau of Land Management is not policing those areas and closing them down instead because what's happening is people are overstaying their their limits. There are, there are lots of, there's homeless people, there's various reasons why people are doing that, but people are camping on certain lands for, you know, more than the 14 day limit. And some of them are, 
you know, building homesteads out on public land. And obviously that kind of stuff can't happen. And, and people said, well, that's just, you know, it's lazy. The Bureau of Land Management just needs to get in there and, and do their job and police these people and, and get them out there. But did you know that the Bureau of Land Management, which operates 10% of this entire country's land, that they have 200 law enforcement agents. That's right. one one law enforcement agent per 1.25 million acres Dang. of Bureau of Land Management land. So, yes, uh, yeah, that needs to happen, but also they need some help and support because that's, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, that's wild. And I think unless that changes, we might see more places starting to close down because ultimately their responsibility, I believe, is protect the land right not to protect not recreation to, yeah right so not to give you a place to camp they're closing lands because they they physically can't right. do it and they're, so the you know the can needs to be kicked up higher uh they need to get support somehow uh but that, and, that's the overall issue you know you have to realize that if they're going to get support somewhere it's going to come from us you know that's the thing you can't ask for more law enforcement and then say but i don't want to pay for it unfortunately and I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at for that. <laughs> but it is what it is. Moving on. What is your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank is in areas like this where we are uh, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which is a zoo. Let, let's be honest. <laughs> it is a very popular, busy yes. tourist destination is restaurants on the outskirts of town. Oh yeah. We have had we we drove we, we stopped by a restaurant in, in Pigeon Forge and oh. they had they had a two hour wait and it was in it, their parking lot was half empty and then we went to another one that was an hour and a half late and we just gave up and we drove to the outskirts of town and then we did this a couple more times where you you go to the restaurants that aren't on the strip and especially if you go to them like we did at four thirty in the afternoon yep. to see. Lady singing. Uh, I miss her already. You, you you get to experience um, some still decent, good places. Sometimes better places. Sometimes more affordable places that aren't super kitschy and and you know be with the locals and stuff. And and it doesn't take much. I guess my point is sometimes it means driving ten minutes out of the way instead of paying fifteen dollars to park in downtown Gatlinburg and. I've... And, you know, going to the, the subway that's two stories. Hey, you don't have to convince me. <laughs> I got some musical entertainment doing that. So that's my fresh tank. So let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. Yeah, because it's raining. It's raining, on us. It's... <laughs> it's it's raining. raining now. It's raining on my computer, so it's... hopefully it's fine. Yeah, it's you know. raining on the camera it's, equipment. It's going to be fine. It's, everything's fine. We're fine. <laughs> One company had two factories in different parts of the country that were making the same style of shoes. In both factories, workers were stealing. How, without using any security, could that company stop the stealing? Well, the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And of course, a very friendly reminder that if you are enjoying RV Miles, would you head over to Apple Podcast and leave RV Miles a five-star review? We are closing in on a thousand reviews and we are still holding tight at five stars so thank you to everyone who has taken the time to go over there we appreciate your feedback and we look forward to talking to you guys every single week so if you want to talk to us come find us over at the rv miles facebook group which is also closing in on ten thousand members which is crazy 
RV Miles is all across social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. And until next week, be safe, be well, and keep logging those RV miles, just hopefully not in the rain. Bye, everybody. Bye.